Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Ausbiz live from our Brangaroo studios. You've tuned in to the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to, ten, to two experts. We do it all in one hour on this Monday, the 30th of January. Um, look, officially summer is over and summer holidays are over when you have the Australia Day mm. celebration and also Gaurav Sodi comes back to work. Uh, <laughs> it's the official end of summer from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to have you back. Thanks, David. Nice to be back. <laughs> Happy May- New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and uh, Major <laughs> Thomas and Dharam from Deep Data Analytics, of course, is here, his old sparring partner. Nathan, good to have you back. You've been keeping the wheels of industry going uh, all the way through summer. It's, it's been good. It's a good holiday. There's a lot of things happening, so it's yeah. been fun. Yeah. 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 The... Uh, uh, anything changing for you with um, uh, the inflation figure, which seemed to shock everyone last week on the upside? And yeah, I actually, it didn't shock me because the yeah. leading indicators were telling you that. Yeah. Um, and the you know globally, inflation's coming off. We were always late to the cycle, so ours is still going up, so it shouldn't be a surprise. But I was telling Gaurav, I'm actually seeing a lot more ideas. Mm. Oh. But it's, it's kind of like a counter-cyclical because you're seeing pretty good cheap valuation coming up in different areas but the macro still hasn't turned so you 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 know everyone's going to look at some of these backward looking results that's going to come up and they'll look good yeah but the forward looking numbers look ugly so it's trying to balance that i think it gets a bit tricky so we're in an interesting cycle so going into the reporting season i'm actually looking interesting that reporting season there's been very few confessions so far Mm. i think we might report very well and all the fear that we've well, had the leading retailer up to this, updates. They've been outstanding, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, they've been pretty good. But the consumer spending was cracker into yeah. December, right? So I don't see how you can have bad numbers. I don't think there's an issue there. It's the question of what, what the numbers and the guidance. Yeah. That mm. is going to be mm. the interesting one, even I mean, in the US. Everyone wanted a big Christmas. Yes. Because the last two have been disrupted. Yeah, I think you might be right. It just yeah. makes me fear yeah. that, right. They've blown it in December. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing and left. January, February, March, <laughs> April, yeah. everyone's going to go in their shell. The, the behaviour puzzles me. It really does. We all know about the higher mortgage rates, the higher costs, fuel prices. Everything yeah. is rising. And yet consumers seem really unprepared for that. And they haven't, yeah. they haven't prepared for it. No. We know it's coming. Because they're not historically high interest rates, are they? No, but they're a lot higher than they were 18 months ago. So yeah, it, we it, got it, sucked in. Yeah, we got sucked in. That's it's, right. it's the concept of your change. Yeah. It's not mm. the level. So it's, it's looking change, back, it, it's correct. like saying, well, well, you know, the like in the 70s when inflation went up, if this was this. Property prices was nothing compared to, and wages yeah. were growing. It's a different yeah. kettle of fish. So it's a matter of, we were assuming, <laughs> the classic RBA statement, rates are not going to go up for years, yeah. and everyone went into it. But now it's a substantial change. I mean, if you think about asset prices where they are, and interest rates where they are, the market is assuming that interest rates are going to collapse and yet the economy will yeah. have no real damage. So it's yeah. kind of like a, I don't know, you can't have the cake anymore. You know, we're having all these conversations about 
interest rates and inflation and employment gets forgotten. Employment is still really strong here yes. and in the yes. US. Yeah. Everyone's got a job. Wages yeah. are really strong. I think as long as those two things hold up, yeah. maybe we've over, overplayed the doom here. And I've, I've been guilty yeah. of that and I'm still not optimistic, but I'm starting to think it maybe, yeah. I mean, the, the data just keeps defying um, expectations. So the biggest risk here is, yeah. If we assume what you said, and which looks like it's true because mm. of the demographic change, employment market, um, and because of inflation, people are choosing, and it's like, I want a job that actually pays higher because costs yeah. are higher. Yeah. Once the wages are locked in, it becomes sticky. Now, okay. the Fed said it a year ago. They said, we don't want that to happen because no. once that happens, yeah. everything goes to a higher yep. cost yeah. and becomes too hard to undo. And history tells you, mm. once inflation goes up, you almost have to throw it into deflation to bring the price in yeah. back. Yeah. Now, nobody's expecting that, right? Nobody is expecting... No. It. The best case is inflation comes back into rain. Yeah. So this is the trick. Everyone wants something, but they don't actually want what they're talking about. So and it's so a you, weird one. How, how it's changed, because back in the high inflation days that I remember, and I, mm. I'm one of those grumpy old boomers that go, <laughs> oh, we paid 17% mortgage. Yeah. All that for, for 12 months, David. Um, <laughs> and, we, and we were told... Borrow more. Yes. Inflation's your friend yeah. because the purchasing power of the money is being taken away. Yeah. So leverage more, mm. and now it's completely the reverse. Yeah. I mean, leverage more and go into hard assets. Yeah, but you ca you can't do that when your income to debt ratio it's so is high. up yeah, there yeah. in the wazoo. So yeah. it's yeah, yeah. yeah, we've done that for too long. Yeah. All right, let's get into the stocks that you want us to have a look at. Oh, yeah. uh, Rex Minerals, Metals X. At Melbana Energy, Nick Scarley, and Globe International in this uh, first 30 minutes. Uh, stock of the day, I thought we'd have a look at Oz Minerals, reported today. Now, I know BHP is about to take it over, so it's not going to be a separate company for much longer. But uh, Oz Minerals increased copper production by 21% quarter on quarter, resulting in group production cost guidance being met. Gold production decreased a bit. Construction on the West Musgrave project has commenced, while a ramp up to full production of Prominent Hill has been delayed from uh, the first half of 2025 to the second half. So I really, uh, even though BHP is going to take them over, how does this play into BHP? Oz Minerals yeah. is paid, made that a lot, or BHP's paid a lot for this stock. Are we seeing early signs of what it could do to BHP over the next year or two? Well, BHP is trading at all-time high. Yep. And none of the commodities, and I mean none of the commodities, are anywhere near all-time high. Yeah. And Aussie dollar is higher, so their costs are higher. Mm -hmm. And that tells you how much the global lower funds have been targeting mining stocks and especially BHP. BHP yep. is 10% of our index. Yep. So if BHP runs, so does our market. So our market mm. has outperformed most other markets, mainly because we've got a massive horse at the front yep. of it and it's BHP. Mm. And I think it's great. I mean, they look, they put a beauty pageant up and they picked the best looking one. And Osmin yep. was the best looking one. And you know why. They're the best operating. So it will company. deliver for BHP. It will. And it has unique advantages for BHP. That being said, it's still a great operation. I mean, when you're looking at copper exposure, we've talked about this for years. Osmin is your default choice. Right. So BHP went, that's going to be us. <clears throat> and so I, th I think it's, it was a great trade. Yes, they paid up, but they needed to. It's good. Mm. And I don't see it's underperforming. I think it's a great buy. I'm not chasing BHP here. I think it's a bit overvalued. Right. But 
look, I think it makes BHP even better at what they're doing. Because I was listening to a fund manager on Ausbiz, uh, I think last week, who said you can make a lot of money just by trading BHP up to 50 bucks, selling around 49, 50 bucks, waiting for it to drop to 35, right. buying in there, and then just <laughs> go the next cycle. <laughs> Jeez, what are you... <laughs> Wouldn't put my. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything nasty, but right, okay. not, not my strategy, not the way right. I would do things. Um, so, would you be buying BHP? I suppose the question is, Gaurav, yeah. based on what Oz Minerals are showing? No. Um, Oz Minerals will be a relatively small part of BHP. Remember, they pay, what, $10 billion? That's six months worth of free cash flow for BHP. Right. It's, it's not a big deal. The, the big movers for, for them are still iron ore. Yeah. which has just defied mm-hmm. all expectations. Um, and there are warning signs on iron ore. There well, is I'll a give you wall a stat. of supply coming. Sorry to jump in. I'll give you a stat. The steel ETF yeah. right, is trading at three-year highs, like pretty close to three-year highs. Right. The Baltic Dry Index, which is all the, um, I suppose, the, the main hard assets like iron ore, coal, yeah. and so on, it's at three-year lows, near the pandemic lows. Yeah. So the market is so optimistic in these um, main assets mm. that they're pricing in so much. But oh. that's, that's the extreme. I say be careful about using the Baltic Trade Index. They, they built a whole lot of ships and that yep. index is not as accurate as it used to be. I used to watch it all the time. I don't watch it anymore. Right. Um, but I, I take your point. I think that point is, is correct. There's a lot of optimism. I've rarely seen such a uniform, happy consensus around BHP as I see now. And that is a dangerous place to be. Um, as I said, iron ore is the main driver for this stock. And um, the three big Australian iron ore producers are going to add 100 million tonnes over the next two or three years. Yeah. You've got 100 million tonnes coming from Brazil, which where the output coming back online from Vale. You've got in Africa probably 200 million tonnes over the next two years. That is another Rio Tinto yep. um, plus coming onto the mm. market within five years. That is a MPNG. huge supply, huge supply, and, and I'm not sure the market is. So um, you sell BHP at le- these levels? Look, we, we own BHP in our portfolios. We, we've deliberately we've come we've, we've thought that um, we've we'll keep BHP at market weight um, to protect ourselves from the huge iron ore movements in the index. I, I'm tempted tempted to sell. I am. I think it might be time to reduce your weighting. It's right. such a great business. So take profits. I, I would start taking profits in BHP. The other thing I'd say about this merger, everyone assumes this is actually about um, Oz Minerals assets. Um, uh, a little hobby for me is Olympic Dam, which is this, this mm-hmm. monster mine they have. I've been yeah. writing about this for, for about 10 years. And Olympic Dam is fascinating because it's probably, I think it's the second most profitable ore body in the world. Um, if you just take the content and value of the rocks in the ground, but they've never made money out of it. Mm. And it's because it's fiendishly complex, it's radioactive, and um, it's in the middle of nowhere. So there's an engineering project to be done by trying to get this giant, un, just this huge, potentially profitable asset um, working. And a big part of that will be unlocking the resources from um, Oz Minerals, who have two big mines right next to Olympic yeah. Dam. Oh, okay. So I think I think this is actually all That's about this is actually all about trying to get Olympic Dam um, to its potential, which right. it has just never done. And BHP has tried years. a whole. At one point, they wanted to make it a giant open pit, and the size of the open pit would swallow the entire city of Adelaide. <laughs> and they oh put that God. on the on the back burner. But there's there's a project to be done there, and this is part of that project. So right. I, I would just okay. be. 
I know the copper is very fashionable right now. I, I would just I'll throw another stat in hold there. Hold on that. Yes. For the first time, oil and copper are underperforming gold over 12 months. Mm. Right, for the first time. Even oil. Now, copper has been underperforming for a bit, and now oil has joined it. So okay. that tells you something about the sentiment. Yet, um, mining stocks are trading at all-time high. Right. All the mining stocks. Right. So. And gold miners are just starting Starting to their rally. They've, the rally. they've, had, they've yep. got a bit to go. All right. Let's take a look at the stocks that you want us to look at. And David uh, says, can you have an opinion from Gorev or, and the other mining analysts on Rex Minerals? Again, we're, um, this is an exploration mm. development group, Hillside Copper, mm. Gold and Iron Ore Mine uh, near Ardrossan. Uh, the Kosher's old stomping ground on York Peninsula in South Australia and got one in Nevada as well. The Nevada one I'm not familiar with. Hillside no. is a, it's been in development for about 10 years. I first came across this about 10 years ago. It's not really the company's fault. They made this discovery, I want to say 2008, Maith. Uh, um, yeah, that's right. And it was, it's, it's a really good looking deposit. Yes. It's one of the largest undeveloped copper projects in Australia. Um, it's actually, it's the type of, Geology is known as um, iron oxide copper gold. It's um, it's the same sort of geology you actually see in Olympic Dam and that you see in yeah. in uh, Prominent okay. Hill from Oz Minerals. These deposits tend to be monsters, but they're oh. very deep underground. So these guys have just scratched the surface. All the mineralization is open deep, and if the, the historic patterns of this kind of geology are consistent, we should actually see um, this deposit get a lot larger as you start drilling below the surface and really uncover the, the mother load, which is generally kilometers underground. Mm. So what they have now, it looks good. I think it's potentially even better. The struggle they have is they need to get this thing into production to start generating cash flow, mm. to fund um, the further excavation of ore to get to that good stuff down below. It's, they say it's $500 million to get this thing started. I would be astonished, astonished if, if you get an IOCG project up for half a billion dollars. I, I reckon double that. Go 800 to a billion dollars right. to get this thing wow. going. Management's good. The, the, um, the people running this, uh, I noticed Ian Smith's um, chair. He is the ex-CEO of Orica. He's had some good experience with, with Newcrest and an excellent um, right. operator. Um, so look, there's some really serious people on this board and management. Um, the project actually looks really interesting. Um, the valuation's really attractive. It looks, it looks interesting. Mm. I would say the, the missing piece of the puzzle is trying to get access to that funding. Um, and I just, that's just an unknown, I don't know. Right. I, I would say if you're interested in copper exposure, this is a spec buy. Um, it, it looks good enough, serious people behind it, um, and it could do very well, but it's highly speculative, and the unknown piece is something I cannot answer. Okay, Ivan? It's been like this for so long. I, it's I mean, environmental <laughs> approvals, Meath. It, yeah, it takes 10 years to get the approvals. And, and yeah. I agree. Yeah. I was looking at this, I think, I think around 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, I remember. It, it, was, <laughs> it was like, yeah. you trade this stock, because yeah. yeah. nobody wants to talk about it, and then you get a news flow, the stock runs up, because everyone, it's the known unknown. Everyone gets excited when it happens, and, and the stock runs, and then everyone realizes, no, it's going to take longer, and then it goes right. away. And it's been going on and off, on and off. And I think it's burned so many brokers raising money and doing this. Um, and the thing is, this is probably getting to that point where it could actually work because, it, you know, as they say, it takes a decade to, to be an overnight success. Uh, and people forget about all the people that they burned all the, all the way. It's one that, yeah, we've all looked at this. It, the project looks good. Um, and the cost always goes more than what oh. they say. But it's been there and it just hasn't. 
So I'm a bit scared to say go buy it, but it is a speculative play. Right. You have to trust. It's had a good run this year. It's had a good run. I would say you take a bit and then see how it goes, uh, because uh-huh. these things will take longer than what you think. And I mean, you know, we've been looking at it for so long that I just got bored of it and I kind of blocked it out of my memory. So, so put you down as a nibble. Yeah, I think you want to buy a bit and see how it goes. Okay. All right, Dan wants a view on Metals X and how it will play it over the next 12 months. Uh, so we're going from uh, copper to tin. Uh, has a renaissance tin operation in Tasmania. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many tin players by no. itself. And this used to be copper <laughs> at one point. And, and nickel. Exactly. Yeah. I mm-hmm. remember when they bought that copper mine, everyone got excited. Yeah. It's like, you got a cheap deal from an Indian group and yeah. you thought you did well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that turned out Let's to be... Let's rethink a, that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that turned out to be a complete shocker. Um, but the, the tin, look, the you know, underlying commodity is actually doing relatively well. There's not too many exposures out there. Um, and so, yeah, um, look, I'm... It, it is, look, any commodity at the moment is speculative, but the good thing is these fringe commodities, there aren't too many players, one, and they're not crowded trades. Hmm. So, look, well, I like it. I, I actually think it's interesting. It's, it is high risk. Um, and, you know, if you mention Metal X, always I shake. because yeah, the track shake. Re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, tra- the track record is not great. Yeah, right. So you go with that. Hmm. Um, but the exposure is interesting and there's not too many. Outside from memory, South 32, you know, you just buy South yeah. 32 for all these exposures. But mm-hmm. uh, if you wanted to go to the speculative end, this one, you know, it's worth the risk return. But, you know, I warn you, management has a way of okay. cutting your kneecaps. So spec buy yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you had Rex as a spec buy, yep. but you're really confident in their management. You're saying spec buy... I'm spec buying you because of the commodity. Um, rather than the management. Yeah. Oh, right. okay. That's why I wouldn't go all in. I'd be buying a bit and seeing how these okay. guys do. You've been around Metal a long X. time. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Metals X has been a disaster for years. I've been, yeah. I was a shareholder at one stage and um, made no, in fact, I, I don't think I lost too much money, but it was certainly not a successful investment. And it's always tempting because um, tin is such a interesting commodity it is so rare to find um, a tin miner in the world i think there's only one other tin miner Mm. listed um, on any exchange in the world and tin is largely used um, for solder which is kind of gluing circuit boards together and i I don't think there's any substitute for engineer i used to do that of course you did yeah yeah that's right that's right and the interesting thing about tin is it used to be mined from um uh, from sludging, kind of getting riverbed deposits in big quantities and, and uh, shaking the tin out of it. It was alluvial kind of mining, very easy, very simple and low cost. All those deposits came out of Southeast Asia and they're largely done. So the, the, the new deposits are coming from um, hard rock mining, which, which just has a much higher cost profile. And so you should see, in fact, I think you have seen a structural change in that tin price to reflect higher, cross, higher costs across the industry. So the tin price has been moving up and, and you should see, ideally, tin, tin miners moving up and these guys own 50% of an ancient tin mine. I think it's been going in Tasmania for 80 years right. or something. It's a really old mine. There's plenty of reserves in there, so you don't need to worry about that. But um, the, what's really kneecapped this business is this crappy management for years, um, like really unusually bad management. We're, we're used to seeing 
bad management in mining, but yeah. for years this has been a disastrous. So they, they bought Nifty, which is a little copper mine, um, which, which, yeah, they got conned into it completely. It shows <laughs> a complete lack of due diligence and sense. Hey, but every analyst fell for that too. They did, you're right, you're right. Everyone you're right. You're right. So they told us it would cost $10 million to fix that mine up. They spent $100 million <laughs> fixing it up and then sold it at a loss because they couldn't make any money out right. of it. The ditto with nickel. They went into nickel and made a mess of it. And that, pro that project, in my view, will never get into production. And, and they hived that off. But since then, um, they've actually gotten new management in. So they've got new management um, working. And they did the sensible thing of getting rid of nickel, getting rid of copper, and mm. finally focusing on the one good as asset they have, which is this tin business. So I think the structure's been cleaned up. The management appears better. The only reason, and it's extremely cheap, it is just minting yep. cash at the moment because tin prices are high. Um, I would say that um, the reason I wouldn't buy it is because when you open up the presentation, they're just cute with numbers, you know? And this is one thing that really gives me the, the craps. Constantly get, gets yeah. under your skin. It does. Right? Getting, getting yeah. cute with numbers yeah. is, it's is like not. It's like Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. He sees the goes, I am going to break you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just for an example. So they, you open up their, um, their present, their AGM, and it's, uh, they say, oh, we're, we're, we have, well, our net profit was $180 million. We're trading on 1.2 times um, EV, EBITDA, whatever it is, right? And, and so, you know, you go to try and verify those numbers. And in fact, about 30, a third of that profit comes from a tax benefit and uh, yeah. from profits they've made from an asset they've already sold. Okay. <laughs> like, the, the, uh, it's just, cr uh, you, you yep. can't, if management is going to be that cute, I can't invest alongside them, yep. even so, though the stock looks kind of attractive. So no. look, I'm going to have to say sell because the number one, the, the most important thing is being able to trust management. And if they're going to be cute, with yep. this, they're going to be cute with something else, okay. and it's not worth it. All right, uh, Philip wants a view. Uh, Gaurav on Milbana, uh, oil and gas exploration business in Cuba and Australia, and Tassie Shoal Methanol and LNG project. Yeah, you can forget about all that. The, the case here is really about what they've discovered in Cuba, which has yeah. been a like, quite remarkable um, oil discovery. of. Um, I think it's onshore. From anyway, it's it's it, either onshore, onshore. I can't remember what it is, but it's a it's a big, big oil find. Um, they're in the early stages of this, that, but so they've given a again. We're getting cute with numbers. They've given an oil in place, which is absolutely meaningless. But they've told us it's five billion dollars, which sounds uh, five billion barrels, which sounds like a lot. But mm -hmm. as I said, oil in place is absolutely meaningless, and I don't like that they would put that in put presentations that. And, yep. and and put exclamation marks all over it. This is the old MEO business, which is a, a long-term disaster that's best um, stayed away from. The fact that they've had a name change, yeah, worries me. Look, look this, what they've discovered looks really interesting. It is in Cuba. Um, it's in its very early stages. So they've only really done um, very uh, early stage testing. They still have to do reservoir testing. Um, they don't even have a reserve in place or a resource for that matter um, in place. So we're at very early stages here. It, you can speculate. I don't know. I just no. don't know. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go avoid because the history of the company is terrible and, and you know, you're in Cuba. But there, there's something there. The, the, mm. the early numbers look good. So if you, okay. if you have an iron stomach and you really want to go for it, you, you could um, you take a swing at this if you like. I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Nathan? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a speculative and energy um, at the moment. As I said, energy, oil is actually underperforming gold. Um, the ones that we've been playing on for the energy... Karun, I think it's currently trading mm. at you know, ten year high. Yeah. yeah. 
and it looks great. Oh, no, I followed your advice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, doing, <laughs> it's doing great. It's and going well. Yeah. The other one we looked at is on the uranium side, Boss Energy, yep. and that's holding up quite well as well. Yep. I mean, you know, we've had that both of them in the fantasy portfolio, and you know, they're doing really well. And you chucking Kodan as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I want to have a look at today. Yeah, for Kodan, the reason being is it's a it used to be a market darling, and then every through you know everyone threw the baby out with the bathwater, got yeah. absolutely pummeled, and they've divested into sorry they've expanded into more tech telecommunication sites as well yeah. and that's been doing well and pretty much the latest upgrade was pretty much out of that yeah. their core business beforehand was metal detectors metal te- linked to gold. gold price yep. and gold prices bounced in nearly $200 and this thing has barely moved mm. hang on we'll get to it we'll get to it yeah Just, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean there are challenges but look this is way uh, you know sold down and directors were buying shares. So yeah. the last update was around October. Directors are buying shares. Gold prices are going up. This thing did nothing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, mining services are looking good. Eventually, this has got to flow through. And still, the higher gold price hasn't flown into that part of the business yet. Right. So again, we think there's more upside to this. So, uh, and management is, you know, they've got an average business at best. <laughs> don't, don't kill it. <laughs> I can see him in his face. Don't kill it. it yeah. The business ain't yeah. the greatest business split, but Good South Australia management. Management is great. Port Adelaide supporters. They, they can they can, can they can squeeze out wine out of a rock. So you know, I'm happy to back them when share price is this low. I'm okay. happy to back them. Right. I think Kodan, we've we've been in it for a couple of months and it's had what's up thirty percent. What about back. the the other one, the energy one, Milbano? Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. One. Oh, look for me. Yeah. Um, exploring stuff. Oh. It's just too risky at the moment. Yeah. Okay. I, um, we're staying with explorers. I think the resources, people are too excited in some of these, yeah. especially the bulk. So with the energy, I think you want to be there, guys who are churning out cash. Yep. And for me, Karun just looks so good. And the fact that it's in Brazil, less risky than Australia or anywhere else. And I'm happy yeah, to wow. say that. That's amazing, isn't right. it? That's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to say it now. <laughs> All right. Simeon wants a view. Uh, Nick Scarley, the big retailer. Uh, Simeon says, can I get uh, Gaurav and Mathan to cover it, given the recent retail reports in the sector? Where do they think Nick Scarley's position, Corey? Yeah, we've been keeping a very close eye on this. This is clearly a, a very high quality business. It just ticks a lot of boxes that we look for. Um, you know, a, an owner manager who's just grown that business from nothing to, to being a substantial um, company. Yeah. Uh, regular profits, fantastic cash flow, good balance sheet. You know, it, it, all the stuff that everyone looks for, yep. this business has in spades and it's delivered really, really well. I guess what's tricky right now is it's just getting a handle on on and Nick Scully's not alone in this is is what do normalized revenue and normalized margins look like after a world where all that has just been in mayhem for the last two years because of COVID and that's it's tricky to get to that answer but it's not impossible so the the work we've done um, you know sort of suggests that uh, yeah, I think in a few years you, you could see sort of profits. If you accept that normalized profits look like sixty million dollars or so, I think that could double in the next um, sort wow. of five years or so as they as they roll out. Maybe not five years, yeah. maybe more than that. And <laughs> let's call yeah. it the next stage um, as they roll out stores. And the store rollout is really significant. They've got um, um, probably thirty or so stores to roll out from the Nick Scarly brand. Mm. And they've got a, a larger store rollout from that plush brand, which they acquired yes. 
um, I, I think quite sensibly. Uh, um, there's a bit of, mm. um, it's worth noting the margin profile of this business. They make gross margins of, uh, I think around 60%, which is just way higher than anyone else. That's because you wait three months. <laughs> yeah, right, you're <laughs> you right. You order your sofa yeah. and they go, okay, we'll go and get it made for you now. Thanks very much. Even money. other sh drop shippers don't do quite as well as that. And, and yeah. the reason is, is that they're pretty harsh on their, their suppliers. But even more importantly, they're really good at logistics. Yeah. And they reckon that by replicating their logistics chain across plush, they can actually lift mm. their margins mm. uh, close to 60% as well. And, and that's a really Jeez. big deal. Yeah. Um, so I think we, you got- And that's um, a lower end that's a more furniture place, more affordable. That's right. And they can, just, they can yeah. shut a lot of the plush um, showrooms because they're relatively close to Nick Scarlett showrooms as well. So they can, there's a decent amount of cost savings. I, th I think they want to target different markets with those brands, but, yeah. but there's, a, there's a good, so you've got margins um, potentially going up from the plush business. You've got a big store rollout still to come, um, but you've also got a, you know, stuff going on in the housing market that makes the next 12 to 18 months a lot more uncertain. And on top of that, a share price that has just roared back. Yeah. Uh, this was closer to $9, I think it was under $9 when we started looking at it. And it's now up to past $12. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. at that $12 mark, it looks less attractive. More of a hold for me, but right. closer to yep. nine dollars, I, I think I'd buy this mm. um, closer to that price, but not quite, not quite not yet. It's a hold. Good yeah, quality business, though. Yeah. You you want to buy retailers when the multiple looks ugly and the right. share price looks like uh, you know Ukraine. And that's when you want to buy these stocks. Mm. Um, Nick Scully is high quality. I think everyone knows the multiples are you know we're lo low double digit. So yeah. the market knows it's projecting good growth. Everyone knows it's a you know more or less a crowded trade. And it's jumped back again. We've actually had a pretty big jump in um, U.S. housing construction index. Yep. I don't know how. Even the bloody lumber prices have now jumped yeah. nearly thirty percent. And you go, what the hell? And you got interest rates going up, and property prices are falling in the U.S. <laughs> so go figure. Yeah, so uh, everything housing related has out of bounds, yeah. and so has Nick Scarley. Uh, Good right. I think you want to wait for the multiple to come back. Uh, sorry, the price to come back and the multiples to just start and expand so yeah. that people lose interest. Oh. Right now, it's too hot. Okay. So for me, actually, I'd say, I'd say sell. I would sell. Yeah, I would sell. I'm only going into ugly retail. Mm. Right. Anything consumer related, it's got to be ugly. Hang okay. on, what about La Visa? You wouldn't sell that, would you? Hang on, that's yeah. coming up. Hell yeah. That's You're coming up. You're that's wrong. coming up. <laughs> what about Globe International? See, that's no, ugly. That Chris is actually Chris, ugly, but we'll Chris see. wants to know what you think of Globe International. Chris says, should I be looking at stronger retail elsewhere or maintain my conviction based purely on its workwear brand? Which Chris now understands the market because mm. the workwear brand often gets forgotten. Yeah. Uh, as everyone says, oh, it's a streetwear brand and all that sort of stuff. But workwear is big. Yeah, look, Chris is on the money. Jeez, um, it's ugly. It's a, it's a good business. Yep. The share price looks ugly um, and you want to buy it. Mm. Um, but... Again, I keep telling about this because sector looks bad for me, right? It's a high risk right. sector where we are. We have not seen the risk in the consumer spending yet. That comes in in the next couple of months where the mortgage rates roll over, yep. people start to spend less, all of those things will come through. So in that context- So I you said you're buying ugly retailers. This, this one is ugly, ugly, but you're not gonna do it. Well, the thing is, as I said before, you wanna get the first upgrade. Right. And the problem is, and we we're talking about this, and that's why I referred to the man, and I asked him, what you, what's happening here? Because this <laughs> is starting to look interesting. And he said, we still think there's a bad numbers to come through. Yeah. So 
the market is worried the same way and you can see it in the numbers yep. so you wait for the first upgrade i think this is a really good stock this is one i want to buy mm. but i'm waiting but for that first now. upgrade watch Cora? yeah you probably know the story david i've owned this for yeah. years and yeah. i still own it sold a little bit as the price has got really really high but it's still um, a significant position for me and it's one i intend to hold for a long time i actually think um, it's an unrecognized high quality business that people do not do not understand there's there's a quality company being built here and yeah. i think it'll, it, it'll take a bit more time for that quality to come through but it is coming the reason it's it's hidden is because as chris is right on money it's fantastic work it's so yeah. rare to see I someone <laughs> actually understands this company but um the the biggest part of this, this business is fxd which is a, a workwear business um, which is crazy successful in australia and is now in the early stages of rolling out in the US and they haven't really put their, the, the, the um, accelerator down on that rollout, but um, they're holding on to a fair bit of cash and I think that will happen at some stage. On top of that, you've got some other interesting brands as well. Salty Crew, a surfwear brand, is doing really, really yeah. well. Um, the Globe brand, they've got distribution rights for Stussy and a whole bunch of other brands. They've got lots of side projects as well. It's, you know, it's a bit like Google's Moonshots, a whole bunch of brands that they've built. They've learned how to market, and some of them do really well. Now, you right. saw a big spike in that share price. That was because over COVID, Impala, one of their kind of um, uh, infant brands, just exploded and went bonkers. And um, there was obviously going to be a fad. You know, we all knew it was going to be a fad and it turned out to be one. Yeah. But the, the stable is filled with little options like that that can explode. And every time one succeeds, management learns a little bit more about how to market these things and how to build these things a little okay. bit better. I can see it. As, as the brand So would built, you be buying at these levels? Or they are going to, they're going to report awful numbers this year right. um, because they're cycling some really big stuff. So I would wait for the, for the right. report to come out. But hold this. I know it looks ugly. I know the share price yep. looks ugly, but there is a good business here. And, um, you know, we just have to be prepared to, to wait for it. I always say that some businesses deserve your patience yeah. and most don't. This certainly this deserves it. Chris, buy it on the result. And yep. fantastic buy it on the result. Oh, okay. This is run by two brothers who yeah. own like 60% of the business and run this thing with absolute care and dedication. Okay. Wait for the result, buy it then. Buy it on the result. Uh, let's recap the first five stocks. Stock of the day, Oz Minerals, impact on BHP. Uh, both Gaurav and Maitan saying start taking profits on BHP. Uh, Rex Minerals, speculative buy from Gaurav. Um, uh, Maitan's prepared to have a nibble at it as well. Metals X, spec buy from Maitan, a sell from Gaurav. Melbana, a no from both. Uh, um, uh, Maitan has thrown in Kodan as an interesting prospect at these prices as well in that sector. Uh, Nick Scarly, a sell from Mathan, a hold from Gorav and uh, Glow, um, a no from Mathan on his watch list. Good business when it comes back, when it reports and there'll be ugly numbers, then buy and then and a hold from uh, uh, from Gorav and to wait for the pullback as well. Um, here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio, high conviction portfolio, as um, picked by our investment committee. Um, we've got a new committee meeting coming up uh, next week or later this week. 
um, at the last meeting early December, they got out of Babcorp and Domino's, got Says into Index and Janison, uh, increased the weighting in Elvis, <laughs> which still hasn't done much. Yeah. Um, since the 1st of March last year, uh, the portfolio up 14.4%. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Um, this half hour, hmm. ProMedica Center, James Hardy, Reese and LaVisa are on the agenda. Uh, Maitha Ross wants a view on ProMedicus, the uh, big medical imaging technology company who this morning uh, announced an eight-year contract with the Samaritan Health Services in the US uh, for 12 million bucks. Uh, yeah, what do you think of ProMedicus? We're running behind on time, so I'll, yeah. I'll speed it up. Um, look, medical imaging, ProMedicus has killed it. I mean, it's back mm. at the all-time highs. Yep. Growth stock, back at all-time highs. Incredible. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, oh, I, wow. I'm a sucker for pain. That? but not that much pain um, so look if you've been there well done because <laughs> it wouldn't have been me um, you know a lot of the others haven't done as well um, so look take some profit for god's yep. sake uh, <laughs> you know diversify so diversify I, i'd be claude claude reduce, claude i would be reducing yep five year high claude year war, war claude walker from a rich life is the biggest fanboy of mm. it and yeah. has followed it all the way up would you be taking profits Gaurav? it's really tricky the sensible answer would be yes, but you know the, the the best answers are always ones that break the rules. I think, and I think this is one a stock you want to break rules for. Um, I wouldn't be selling. This is this is actually um, I don't know what Claude's view was on this, but it is actually one of the best businesses on the ASX. We oh, actually yeah. we initiated yeah, coverage of this. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. Claude's always talked about it. And he's yeah. yes. he's been a big fan for a while. Even when it pulled back, he was a big fan. So credit yeah. to him. And I, I think look, it's it's great. It's just the multiples you're paying for things. The risk is still there. I'd be careful there. there. Would, I'd be careful would, would there. you pay for it now? I would certainly wouldn't be buying now. No right. way. Yeah. But okay. but I think but to hold. But I yeah. think um, selling is also possibly an error. These multiples look really crazy, but sure. the structure of their contracts is a little bit tricky because it, they're volume based. So mm. they make an initial amount, and that's what they kind of um, base their forward estimates yeah. on. But I think as this thing starts ramping up, because uh, the revenue is volume-based, you're going to start seeing more tests happen and and more um, scans happen, and, and the revenue is going to is going to pick up really quickly. I think that multiple comes down really fast. So it's probably not as expensive as it appears. Super high quality, fantastic management. Yeah, as I said, this is a stock to break rules for. I, I would not sell this, even though the, the correct answer, technically, you know, going by the book, yep. is, is probably to take profits, but don't do it. Hold, but on. hold on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Keddie wants a view, uh, Gaurav, on Centre Group, the, uh, the Westfield Shopping Centres in Australia and New mm. Zealand. Yeah, I, I owned this a little while ago, um, and I only sold it about a year ago to fund Adventures in Coal. But this is really interesting. I, I think um, the attractive thing about this, and a good thing to look for generally is a narrative mismatch is when the popular story about a stock um, gathers steam and starts dominating the share price but the underlying economics are telling you a different narrative 
Yeah. And the, the gap between those two is, is often the opportunity. And I think that was the case here. You know, we've got this idea that retail is dead, that shopping center owners are, are you know, going to have to feel filled with empty space and it's yep. all online. It's clearly not the case, right? Um, clearly, there's a space for retail. In fact, that the retailers who are doing well are these omni-channel guys who have a physical presence. It's really important. And Center has done really well in changing their business and getting um, you know, dental surgeries and banks and cinemas in, inside their um, complexes. Yeah. Um, occupancy still looks really good. Rents look really good. It's trading at 20% discount to NTA. Interest rates play a part. But I still think if you're a conservative investor, this is still a place you can park some money and do it confidently. It's still a buy for me. Okay. Yeah, look, if you're after defensive yield, I think it hauls. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that worries me is, I mean, everyone knows about the interest rates, right? But I think where the, the surprise might come in the energy costs, uh, because mm. if when you're you know, cooling, all of lights, all of these costs will come through quite high. We've seen that in other business operations. So I think with these kind of shopping centers and stuff like that, that's gonna come through. But I think it holds up well. Um, I think um, you're gonna get a decent yield. It'll be volatile, I'd expect it to come off, but you're gonna get a good yield. If you're after that kind of a yield of a long-term play, I think it plays. For okay. me, it's not in your top 10, 20 to pick. Okay, but as a defensive yield, yeah, it, we're it fine. Up. Um, an update on your adventures in coal, are you still there? Yes, I'm gonna hang around for February, but um, I think it's time to start taking some profits soon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Why February? Oh, that's when they report. And you get the dividend. I think you, I think you get a, I think your returns from here are not going to come from share price appreciation. Sure. They're going to come from dividends. But then right. wouldn't that be in the price? Then you get into this where I, I always find it. It's like it's just one of those lessons uh, after the mining um, in 2015. Everyone knew the capex was going to come out. Everyone knew. Yep. Everyone held on to the last minute and then <laughs> And yeah. I went, why? So, but I think I, you're I, right. You want to slide out gradually. You want to slide yeah. out gradually. Because yeah. the whole case is really that um, the coal market has changed, that sure. the newer coal, the Newcastle coal is going to be structurally, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to see $100 again in Newcastle coal. That's my view. We're never going to yeah. see $100. Every single analyst, every single one has Newcastle coal going back to $100 in 18 months. And I, that's, not, that's not going to happen. I can say that with, a, with yep. a, a fair degree of conviction, that is not going to happen. But what also is not going to happen is these multiples aren't going to expand. I, th- I think these companies are going to milk cash and pay them out, and that's going to be your source of yep. return. And, right. and that's great. It's probably not as tax effective for someone like yeah. me. Nathan, um, yeah. um, next stop, James Hardy. Roger wants a view on that, the big fiber cement uh, building products group. A big operation in the United States. Interestingly, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today had this as one of his three core stocks in every portfolio. Hmm. Look, it's a phenomenally good business. Um, this makes money in a recession. Yeah, you can't say that about a lot of uh, construction yeah. businesses out there. Um, great business. Um, look, just in an ugly cycle. Hmm. Um, do I know when the cycle ends? No, I think we're kind of looking at what's happening with the Fed and they're going to keep raising. It's going to be tight. Property prices are still falling. Um, existing home sales fell, keeps falling. So it's negative for that. But surprisingly, as I said before, the Dow Jones uh, Housing Construction Index has mm. had a massive bounce. Yep. Lumber mm. prices are shooting. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't. I've looked through so many data points, I can't work out why. But it's running, and and it was a matter of time that that flowed into 
James Hardy and Borel, and that's yeah. happening. I am not chasing James Hardy yet. It is right. a great business. I am not chasing James Hardy yet. I don't think we've bottomed in the housing cycle. So I think it'll come off. Um, but without a doubt, one of the top 10 or 20 stocks mm. you know, as far as management goes, when the cycle bottoms, I'm all for it. But right. not right now. Okay. Go ahead. It's, it's I think someone has just taken our watch list and kind of <laughs> snuck it onto the show today. There's quite a few of our watch list stocks and James Hardy is certainly one of them. It, uh, this is a top 20 business for me in, in Australia. This is an outstanding mm-hmm. company and often doesn't get called out as being such. Uh, returns on capital are outstanding. The moat around their business is impregnable and um, the runway for growth is vast. Mm. Um, look, I, I wouldn't buy it. I mean, I don't often worry about the cycle, but this is a heavily cyclical stock. You've you, yeah. you got to think about where we are in the cycle for a business like this. I've got to say the pricing doesn't make a lot of sense to me at this point. Um, American housing looks like it's really on the ropes and all the, these um, these building contractors and building businesses in the US, they are trading at, at all time highs and I don't understand that. Mm. Um, it's not a huge bounce. Yeah. It? It's insane. Mm. It's very strange. Uh, we're not far off. So I, I, around 25 bucks, I'd, I'd buy this okay. and, and buy it enthusiastically. But for now, it's a hold. It, it is one of the, I think, it, one of the top 20 business. And um, I would certainly, well, it is. It is on That's our watch list. Right. Okay. Yeah, mid mm. to low 20s, you accumulate over time. Okay. Uh, a couple of years, you do well. Okay. Mm. Um, ditto for Greece. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the sort of similar sector, plumbing, bathroom yeah. fittings. Amazing. Uh, Australia, um, New Zealand, United States. Uh, as I said, so many of our watch list stocks are on yeah. the show tonight. It, it makes me suspicious, but um, yeah, I should have a word with Jack, the producer, to see exactly where he's been fishing. Um, but, uh, r- <laughs> well, yeah. uh, this comes from Karen, okay. has asked this to the viewers. So. Karen must be Do you a have member. a Karen? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone um, has a, a Karen. There's always a Karen. <laughs> no. um, uh, this is also a watch list stock for us. It's one we've we've owned from time to time. We've had a consistent buy calls on it for years, um, but it's a hold at the moment because of valuation. Not far off, mind you, from being upgraded. But the uh, you know most people are aware of this business. It's run by the Wilson family, one of the great management teams um, in the country. Kind of a you know they they talk about this business as if they're custodians passing it on to the next generation. I think they're now the third or fourth generation wow. running this thing, and they just do it so I well. I love that sort of stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. This is a kind of you know if, if you're a this is this is like the stock picker stock. You know the, yeah. if you're a connoisseur of the market and you love investing, this is the kind That's of stock you, you want to There's so many stock ideas. It's just yeah. crap macro. <laughs> it just yeah. looks like a, there's a semi trailer coming at me going, come on, do it, do it. I think, but it's there's a lot of ideas. The thing to know about this one is that they crushed that when they when they first started expanding in Australia they did so against a competitor who was vastly better resourced and had a larger footprint and they demolished them over 20 years they just wiped the floor with them now they've gone off into the US and they've made a a sensible acquisition in a corner geographic corner there and they're facing again entrenched competition who not vastly better resourced but but probably bigger Um, and they're running the same strategy and and I think you've you got to back them. I, I think there's a very good chance we'll see a repeat of the Australian success story over there. Yeah. It's a hold, but um, very interesting. As I said, these building stocks, the valuations yeah. are looking <laughs> a little little tippy to me, but mm. that's a short term. If you're a very long-term investor, you can buy this and, and just hold it and put it away. Hold for now, though. Nathan? Yeah, look, it's, it's a really good business. There's no doubt, um, but it's in the wrong cycle. Again, geez, there's a lot of ideas, but there's a semi-trailer coming, so I'm staying on the <laughs> sideline. 
but the U.S. construction. Mm. So has you mounted. still think there's a semi-trailer coming for oh, the market? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't right. have the cake and eat it. You cannot assume that the Fed is somehow going to pivot yeah. without having the economic slowdown. So yeah. it's, it's you know you have you only get one. So are you in the semi-trailer? I I don't know. It, I, I don't know. I don't have a view on it. I mean, okay. I, I can see the case for it, but I just I don't just take don't it think you can yeah. bet on both. Yep. Mm. So when you're looking at it, investing, you have to counter all the options. And for me, this doesn't counter. So these stocks like James Hardy, Reese, they're all moving, not because of any improvement. It's mm. because the U.S. stocks are running. Yep. They're running hot. Yep. And these guys are playing catch up. Mm. So I don't see that. That's what you should be chasing. If I saw the macro data turn around, I'm there. Even yep. if I'm wrong, the data's turned. But the data hasn't turned. So I'm not chasing it yet. But geez, there are some high quality stocks that you know. Reese is a you know for me. You've had a 50% pullback from the peak, and that makes sense. Cyclical lows, it's going sideways, makes sense. It's waiting for the cycle to turn, and I'm happy to wait. Okay. When it does, I am there, and you'll see that on the first upgrade. So yep. again, another one I want to keep an eye on mm. in the reporting season. If it doesn't deliver, this will give up that bounce pretty quickly because yep. it's not based on... So a hold for you? Yeah, it's a hold. Well. I think okay. you're pretty close to the bottom, but All yeah. Right. I'm waiting. Okay, we talked about Nick Scarly. We talked about Globe. Uh, Daisy wants a view, Nathan, on LaVisa. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, <laughs> you're wrong, Nathan. Let's get that out of the way. Massive run. He's wrong. Yes. In the last six to nine months. Sure. Extraordinary run up. It is, it is. Even my daughter would hit me on the back of the head. Um, Deservedly so. Yes. Um, she, Probably got nothing to do with LaVisa, actually. Yeah. <laughs> $12.91 in the middle of the year, mm-hmm. 26 That's amazing, isn't it? Um, when you're good, you're good. Uh, but, geez, does anyone not know that? Mm. I mean, I think even Stevie Wonder could see this one. Um, it's run so hard. It, it, look, the logic, I, I'm not disagreeing. The yeah. growth story, I'm not disagreeing. Um, the management execution, I'm not disagreeing. But... Everyone knows. And I think that's where there's so much priced into that. Um, and the problem is it still relies on, yes, it's low cost yep. uh, product, but it still relies on consumers. Yep. I, we have not seen a bad consumer for so long. Yep. We do not know how they're going to react. And for me, I'm not betting on any retail stock at massive multiple because I don't know how they're going to react. So if you read it. Oh, look, I, I, I think, look uh, we are out of sell. most consumer stocks. LaVisa, it's like, it's hard to say sell, but I would be saying, look, at least sell some of it. Right. I mean, for God's sake, sell some of it. Because it's good, it's great, it's awesome, but everyone knows and everyone's paying okay. way too much. No, he's wrong. He's wrong. Um, <laughs> I think with this one, you've got to think about the optionality sure. in place here. This is such a rare occurrence. We've got an Australian brand who is rolling out overseas and doing it um, fast, successfully, and with a massive runway. As I keep saying, in America, you can have thousands of stores, thousands. And they're just, they're just touching the possibility of the American rollout now, and it's working. Uh, this is not experimental, it, it is actually working. Yeah. Now, they've got a new manager in there who's rolled out in China, um, done fast fashion, um, at the AGM, um, Brett Blundy said, you know, he was asked about the uh, remuneration because um, Victor Herrero is now pay, he's yeah, paying like $30 million CEO, a year, yeah. one of the highest paid CEOs in the country. Yeah. And it seems silly. It seems silly. But as I said, the best decisions are made by breaking rules. And usually you'd say, that's dumb, get rid of him, sell the stock, bad governance, right? But um, 
Blundy explained that he wants um, the CEO to be well incentivized. He said, we want to get him to about 70 million bucks in the business, and then he's going to go back to normal pay, but he's going to be invested in the business. And yeah. he's going to stay, and he's going to help us roll out. He's going to do for us what he did for Zara in, right. in, in Asia. And um, I think that is a, mm. this is a really compelling idea. I, look, so I know it looks more expensive. Than staff, we, we do, do have a panel of Sarah McCall, which will remain nameless, that does not touch Lebisa because his daughter works for them. Mm. And says they are just so stingy and <laughs> yeah, but the good ones are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My daughter works for Smiggles, and I sit there and go, "Who the hell spends that much money at Smiggles?" <laughs> but they do. People yeah. do. And uh, oh, look, retail is doing really well. But look, it's gone. So you're saying buy? Oh, look, I'm going to say hold. Sometimes the multiple you can just forget about it. Okay, if this yeah. thing rolls out, you could, this could be an eighty dollars stock, a hundred dollars. Like there is a huge runway. Think about yeah. sixty five now. Just think about forget about the multiple. Everyone worries about multiples. It's not very important. I mean, you look at Lululemon. All these great yeah. brands who've rolled out around the world. You could have bought them at any stage when, the, and it looks sure. silly. The multiple yeah. was large. Okay. There are some 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 ideas where the where you got to break rules. I keep saying you got to you got to break. You were and this right. is one of them. And yeah. you were right. Yeah. I'm not saying you where you were a couple of years ago. I'm <laughs> saying now. I yeah. mean, if but there's I, I a think, fund manager yeah. who doesn't know Levisa, yeah. I will take off my shoe and smack him on the head. See, I think yeah. I think that the consensus is where you are. I think the consensus is that I know it's great, but it's very expensive. And I don't think people appreciate what the, a, a large rollout and a fast one does okay. to the economics of this company. You right. model it out and you can easily get multiples of the current share price. I, I reckon you've got to hold it now, buy on a pullback and do not sell. Okay. You're wrong, mate. At the, at the, <laughs> at the, during the show, you said you're focused on ugly retailers. Yeah. Uh, so what is an ugly retailer you're focused on? So like... W- like yep. there's a couple of them that's like Globe is a classic one, right? Okay. Mm. Structurally, right. I think okay. that's a good business. Yep. And then it's like, so, you know, when these things get thrown out, yep. I'm looking at them. So mining services, we went in and they yep. all run hard. Like yep. Seven Group, we got out, we're getting out of Seven Group because right. we got mm-hmm. in and then it's went Wushka. Yep. And it's, you know, it's done really well because of mm. the miners and the mining services. Yep. And so, yeah, we're looking for the ugly ones that turn around, but... I can't. I, okay. I can't. Right. <laughs> I okay. Let's I'm recap the uh, the final five stocks. ProMedicus, a sell from Mathan, a hold from Gorab. Uh, set a group, a buy from both if you want a defensive yield stock. Uh, James Hardy, a no uh, from Mathan, a hold from um, uh, Gorab. Uh, on both their watch lists, uh, if it got down to $25, Gorab would be buying it by the truckload. Risa hold from both. LaVisa, take profits from Nathan and a hold from Gorab. And it pulls back a bit. Get in and don't sell. There you go. There we go. Good uh, to have you back. Can I just say about LaVisa? I'm not saying it will successfully roll up, but there's very few um, chances like this. You said ASX. I've it, never it, seen it's, it. It's like yeah. what we think of Altium and Ordinate. Yeah. They execute. Yeah. yeah. And... And it yeah. goes, it goes. And yeah. it goes, but, jeez, yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> You've got to have one rocket ship in your pocket. Oh. <laughs> oh. So what's your rocket ship? What's your <laughs> rocket ship? See, you go, when you want that, you go for the blue sky, right? right. The blue sky has got to be something out there, like a resource stock or a biotech But, but you don't know. Like Here, they're actually doing it. They, and they've yeah, been doing it you for years. But you, you're not going for a tin bag on a retailer when global consumers are getting slaughtered. <laughs> 
Take it outside you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, big thanks to Grove Society from Intelligent Investing. Good to have you back. Nice uh, to be back. Nathan Summers and Darren. It's great to have Gorab back to take you on, which is great, <laughs> which is part of the theatre of it from Deep Data <laughs> Analytics. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, coming up next, The Pulse with Nadine. Uh, she'll be speaking with John Garrett from MA Financial. That is next on Ausbiz.